0: NCHC.TV Studios, Behind the Mask Hockey Shops, present College Hockey West Weekly. Behind the Mask's College Hockey West Weekly is brought to you by Jesse Ray's Barbecue. The best in barbecue, Las Vegas style. The NCHC and NCHC.TV. Subscribe to NCHC.TV to watch the best in college hockey since 2013. The Tag Creative Group. Search Grand Rudd at redbubble.com and let us create a unique gift for you or someone special. Behind the Mask Hockey Shops. Visit any of our Three Valley locations or go to BehindTheMask.com whether you're on ice or in line. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos where an iconic vacation awaits you at any of our destinations. The Spaghetti Shack. Classic Italian comfort food quickly with locations in Tempe and Pine Top. Order online at SpaghettiShack.com. Liberty University. Play for something more. Faith, education, and hockey at liberty.edu. College Hockey, Inc., your NCAA hockey resource. Jets Pizza. At jetspizza.com, discover all of our signature pizzas. And by the Caesars Sportsbook app, a proud partner of the NHL. College Hockey West Weekly from the NCHC.TV studios presented by Behind the Mask is a part of the IceTimeHockeyWest.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Paul Hornstein.
1: All right. Welcome in, hockey fans. Anywhere that you may be listening to us tonight on the Pot Bean app, this is College Hockey West Weekly. Scott Strandy with you tonight in a beautiful Carlsbad, California. My co-host, is always, Paul Hornstein, joining me from not such a beautiful day on the island of Long Island, New York, but he is inside the big, beautiful palatial estate the servants are taking care of him. He's all under good care. Paul, how are you tonight? Wait, you have another co-host?
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, you keep talking you about it. You ask
1: me that all the time. We well, know about this keep, big palatial estate. Let's just leave it at that. It doesn't exist. <laughs> oh, it's a state that doesn't exist, correct? But No, an um, estate. Oh, oh, okay. Anyway. Anyway, how are you? Are you, you uh, rain-soaked? Have you had enough rain yet?
0: Uh, what I'm missing is the sun, that's for sure. I don't think I've seen it in a while. I've
1: got that for you. Yeah, I'm well, sure it's you down do. now, but yeah. but I do have that for you. Never rains in Southern California, I'm told. That's what the song says. <laughs> I can um. vouch for that it does rain, but, hell, you know, uh, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, the day after I spent in Seattle, tonight they are getting pounded with gale force winds on uh, on puget sound uh on the other side of the the country you're getting pounded with rain yep. high winds all of that good stuff and i'm just sitting down here in carl's bed just twiddling my thumbs as i told you today i gotta Hanging take sunscreen of the off a couple different times today yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah that's it anyway it's college hockey watching games <laughs> it's College Hockey West Weekly. Um, I thought tonight might be kind of fun, uh, before things really get rip roaring again for the second half to review, uh, where we stand, um, with at least the 10 teams that we cover in NCAA. We'll branch out to some others that don't. So, um, chatting with Nick Maxson, you know, Nick, we've had him on multiple times know, and does stuff for us. So I thought, you know what? Nick knows Minnesota. He's living there. He's uh, the play-by-play guy for St. Cloud State women's hockey. Yeah. He's close to the St. Cloud State program, which, by the way, Paul seven zero and one in the NCHC and twenty-two points, four points up yeah, on yeah. North Dakota, eight points up on Western Michigan, um, nine points which up on believe, Denver. Which is, yeah, which is crazy. Twelve maybe. points up on Colorado College, and we're halfway through. I know. Uh, so I thought, you know what? We'll have Nick come on tonight, and we'll ask him some questions on his thoughts on why Saint Cloud State is still not won you over for starters, and I, uh, how they played eight conference games, which every team has now, right. and, um, and I, they're still that far ahead. I think that's a big leap.
0: Uh, I think so. I, I, you know, that's a lot of points to make up. Not a lot. Uh, it's, you know, maybe not for North Dakota. I think if you're Western or Denver. Uh, you're just trying to finish as high as you can. Um, you know you got to make up eight points if you're Western and nine if you're Denver. And that's a lot. That's it. Just is. You know. Yeah. Especially uh, the only game that that St. Cloud has, you know, lost to the conference is an overtime game, so they still got a point. Right. Right. That game. Yep. You know, um, you know, if you're if you're one of the other, if you're one of the teams in the bottom four, you have no shot to win the conference. You just don't unless something crazy happens. You just too many points to make up. The math doesn't Um, add up.
1: Peter, Peter Menino, Chris Mayo would like a word with you. But anyway, (laughs) Uh, Okay, do the Uh, math. I know. St. Cloud goes
0: four and four. (laughs)
1: I know. That's, I just wanted to get I wanted to get you back on points. your heels for a minute. <laughs> well, I know math. Or at least a little okay, math we'll, anyway. We'll get into some and Nick. Just... not as good as Derek Schooley
0: last night, by the way.
1: <laughs> oh he was really good. He was really good. With his Absolutely. Math. And by the yeah. way, he pushed us also close to fifty thousand downloads. Forty nine point nine right now. Tonight yeah. could be the night where we push it over the fifty thousand mark.
0: Yeah, I mean that's awesome. Uh, you know, I had a couple of people come up to me, or at least message me, that that was as good a breakdown of how the pairwise works as you're ever going to get.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, so, we we don't need Don Lucia for that. He broke it no. down exactly. And uh, I was going to tell you that when I walked away from the conversation and thought about it overnight, and again today, I was going like, man, uh, that was really a really uh, knowledgeable. Visit with Derek, so we appreciate him coming on and doing that. Um, uh, yeah. before we get to Nick here and start talking about our teams, um, I, I teased everybody with the Super 16, so now we got to quickly go through this and figure out um, how you figured this. All right, by um, the way, number you know, one, we we're gonna okay. break it down in fours, all right. Okay, by the way, what by the way, what
0: um, I don't know if it would change anything because BU actually won in overtime tonight against Northeastern when. Tonight.
1: Oh, tonight.
0: Okay. Tonight. Uh, and and, <laughs> and um, right now, uh, there's a few seconds left in overtime as, uh Sacred Heart and Army are playing at Sacred Heart. Um, Army got an extra attack goal to send it to overtime. Um, I really thought BU was going to blow Northeastern away. When they went up to nothing, but Northeastern came back, tied the game. BU went up three-two. Northeastern tied the game again. Um, BU with three-on-three, three, way, way, way too much skill.
1: And yeah, that's a, a bad matchup against anybody in the country.
0: Yeah, they, 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 <laughs> they, 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 they got to change against some tired guys, and, and and they win it in overtime. But it looks like. Uh, Army and Sacred Heart are going to go to the skills competition. <laughs> nice. Um, nice. And, and basically you had in each game the first place team in their league against the last place team in their league and they both went to overtime. So we talk yeah. about the parody, parody of college hockey parody. on a regular basis. And you cannot get a better example of that than you did in tonight's games. Uh, Army and Sacred Heart go into a shootout and, and 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 BU and Northeastern uh, going to overtime as well. You just you just can't. I mean, that's the first place. For like I said, first place versus last place, and both games went to identical three
1: three overtimes. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that just tells you exactly what we've been talking about. Anyway, let's go through these real quick, and uh, I just want to get your opinion as we always do on the uh, the breakdowns of four. So you have Boston College, Boston University, Michigan State, Wisconsin. Go. Well,
0: listen, I mean, the, the, the Boston schools didn't play this weekend, neither did Michigan State. Well, what was there to do? <laughs>
1: right? well, um, well, Wisconsin's got 18 wins. So it's, uh, they did okay.
0: Yeah, and I think I moved them up, actually.
1: Yeah, you might have. But um, you don't think they're better than anybody else, huh? You don't think you're better than those other three?
0: Um,
1: 18 wins, Paul. Eighteen yeah. wins.
0: Well, yeah.
1: Too many at home for the pairwise. Maybe I don't know.
0: <laughs> well, the pairwise is not Wisconsin's issue. I don't know what you're talking about. I know. So, How about you?
1: Too many um, at home. I don't know. Don't believe don't in look. Don't believe in my guy Mike Hastings. Hasty. Oh, uh,
0: I, I do. I, Rubble, as we know. Still, I. There's no way anybody thought they would be. They would turn around this fast. Not okay. even you. Not even you, the lap dog.
1: Oh no, I, I but, thought for sure they were going to be in the top. I don't know, one or two. No, you didn't.
0: You, <laughs> you said they would They were would turning around, but you didn't. There's no way if I had told you 18 and four <laughs> after after 22 games that you'd be like, yeah, that sounds about right. There's no way.
1: Yeah, well, that coaching staff, best in the country. Anyway, uh, let's move on to uh, the next four. You have Denver at five, going to Piac at six. North Dakota at seven and Providence at eight. Um, again, I, I don't really have any problem with your top eight. I really don't.
0: Okay, so that's good. I mean, you shouldn't.
1: Uh, the problem comes at nine.
0: Uh, yeah, I guess. And, Not am nine. I being, am I am I being a bit hypocritical? Maybe
1: a lot hypocritical. Probably nine through twelve. Know. Nine through twelve. You have Michigan, St. Cloud. Western Arizona State. I think you need to move St. Cloud State up ahead of Michigan, slide everybody up one, and put Michigan uh, maybe 16 or maybe not even in the poll because here's the thing. They are one game over five hundred. Do not I try know. to tell me that the Big Ten is the best conference in college hockey because it's not. I, I don't. I, it, they, I know. They've lost it's, too I many games. Just... Okay, at least I'm swaying it. <laughs> no, well, I like. I don't even
0: know because it's it's a again. I admit it's being hypocrisy I it's being hypocritical. I want to kick them and that other M team out completely. <laughs> uh,
1: anyway, um, you've got you've got the last four of the the Minnesota Golden Gophers, and we'll get some comments from Nick on that in just a minute. Um, you've got Maine. You've got New Hampshire, you've got UMass. I think you had to put Maine, New Hampshire, and UMass in just to to lighten up the uh, West dominance for a little bit and uh, bring some East stuff in again, even though the East has the top two teams. But I don't know. I think it's a crapshoot from 13 on. And I think, again, I'm going to say this till till they lose, and that's Arizona State is just playing way too good and racking up way too many wins. And I know what Derek said, and I know the way the – the pairwise puts out points. I get all that right. now in depth, but you can't punish a team for for winning 16 games when nobody else except Wisconsin has been able to win that.
0: Why not? You, you, you can't can punish them. You can't obviously, punish them.
1: I know they are. You can because they, they do. I know they are, but I'm saying you can't in realistic, real life, punish a team for that because they, they have done nothing wrong. They really have done nothing wrong. They played the schedule that's put in front of them. And, and here's the unique thing about this. Okay. Derek laid this out very well. When he was talking about specifically Arizona state, he said, you know, what's happened is Greg's schedule got home heavy because he played a lot on the road. Right. Um, so now you're telling them that, um, you, you went on the road, you took all your lumps, you played a whole season on the road during the pandemic now you get you finally get to reciprocate and have some games at home, and you're being punished for having home games. And I get it. I know why the pairwise was set up, which is also a bit uh, crazy because you had to wait the system to get people to travel? Come on. Come on. Wow. That That's ridiculous. To get that's... teams to travel somewhere, you had to go out and, and wait the system like you did? To, to, to punish everybody because some teams didn't want to travel. you know. Well, if they don't want to travel, they want to play a lot of home games, they want to play weak road games. When it comes down to tournament time, Paul, they're going to get wiped out. They will be wiped out. Just ask any of the coaches in, in the NCHC and beyond that go out and take on um, other opponents. They do it because they want to prepare for the national tournament. They want right. to be ready when the time comes. Right. So if these coaches were going like, yeah, you know, we want to pad our record and this and that. Well, that, was, it was it the that's record? Was it the record or the bank S. account? Well, <laughs> well, I don't know.
0: Well, I don't know because they were, uh, you know, they, if they were paying these schools to come play them at home,
1: they weren't doing it to lose money. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know that. But, so, but the point the point of it is, I mean, you, you you should have come up with a little bit better system because what Derek told us was it, it's really you can be perfect at home and it's not even in in Minnesota or in Arizona State's case, it's not even going to help them a bit. Well, let's put it this way: maybe they can be a little bit more
0: um, flexible uh, on 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 a yearly basis. In other words, don't be afraid to tweak it more often. All right. We did this and and maybe we need to tweak this a little bit. And and if we're going to do this, you know, the whole shootout thing. Well, let's, let's try and figure this out. Um, but as everything with the NCAA that involves the NCAA, um,
1: the wheels of progress move in reverse. <laughs> here's, what I, here's what I say. Uh, I say if this is the system that you have, and clearly it is, and and Derek reminded us again there will be no expansion in his mind um, based on percentages, I still think that's wrong. I, I And not Derek's wrong. I know what he's saying. I know he's got facts. I'm just saying that I, I still think if you have to tweak it a little bit to grow your game, to grow your sport, you do. Well, it Well, then the Honestly. answer,
0: then if you're not going to make more, if you're not going to create more spots in the post season, then you need to tweak the post season. Then you yep. need yep. to do something to create a situation that, um, encourages the growth, so to speak. And, 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 Even if you assume no realignment, hey, have a serious discussion. Should we have should we get rid of the regionals and play at home? Play home game play play at home ranks. I mean it is always about money. Are the regionals making that much money for the NCAA? And then if that's the case and I will. You 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 have zero chance of convincing me otherwise. Conference winners get seeded one through whatever, and they automatically play at home. Whether you're first in the pairwise or 51st in the pairwise, if you win your automatic bid, you play that first round best two out of three at home, and if you're still left in the second round, or what have you. Um. Again, you know, if you if if you pull the upset or whatever, and you're the 51st in the pairwise, and you win that first round, and you play the second round at home, you as long as as long as there any are any at larges in the tournament, all aqs play is as, as hot. The aqs will always play home if possible.
1: And in this okay, way, we can get into that, and we would right. have a massive discussion for days. Um, not, not a time for now. Um, so when we basically look at everything that's gone on and this is where, uh, we're going to start off tonight, if you will, um, as long as we agree that Michigan shouldn't be where you have them anyway, (laughs) just say, yes, just say, yes, I agree with you. Just say you're right. Scott.
0: I'm never Uh saying that.
1: Anyway, uh okay, let's let's branch out here because we got Nick Maxon on the line. Uh we haven't had Nick on for a little while. I know he's a busy, busy man doing uh St. Cloud State women's hockey. He's got a couple podcasts of his own. And uh we're waiting to get Nick on staff and make him one of ours. But I'm waiting to Nick be invited. Scott and Paul of Amp, all with you. How are you?
2: Good. I'm just hoping you guys can actually hear me.
1: Oh yeah, no, you're good. Your mic is better. awesome, Nick. It's awesome. <laughs>
2: So uh, this is what happens when you plug your podcast mic somehow directly via, you know, some magical being into your cell phone directly. Apparently that's all it took. Oh, I love it. I I love don't it. ask. It's, 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 it's a medieval just debauchery. It's just insane.
1: <laughs> okay. Yeah, I don't know how much you heard of the discussion before you came on, but um, we're talking about uh, your alma mater, St. Cloud State and how they have been off to a unbelievable start. I keep trying to tell Paul, Paul, when are you going to move them up in the in the Super 16? And what do they have to do? Uh, they're 7-0-1, Nick, 22 points, eight conference games. They're nearly perfect. One overtime game, and that's it. Um, give us your thoughts on St. Cloud State and how did they get where they're at? And I'm guessing you're not surprised at all.
2: Um, I actually am a little bit surprised. So I'm actually don't um, I I actually can't disagree with Paul a little bit. Uh, yes, I'm going against you, Scott. This is not how this usually goes. But um, <laughs> you mentioned seven one. One. That's mind you. That's only their NCHC record. Mind you, their right. non-conference record before then was not good. It was not good at all. In fact, it was, if I remember correctly, it was one and five, one five and one, and then they got a a week off before they started NCHC play. And let's just say everybody up in St. Cloud land in the Granite city was uh, shaking in their boots because the, the outlook that we had had drastically changed with the first three weeks of the season. And then somehow with the magic of the coaching staff and of course head coach Brett Larson, who I still will put my hand on a desk anywhere and say he's one of the best coaches in college hockey um, is able to write the ship here and go seven to one one. Now granted they have a very very tough second half schedule to come up so am i optimistic yes am i sold not yet because again they're facing north dakota you're facing denver this weekend you haven't seen those teams yet so they're going to be uh getting tough tests right out of the gate here for the second half and uh, if they get through these two with some good numbers then i would say we can maybe move them up a bit
0: oh by the way that's gold medal winning Coach Brett
2: Larson, 100% got a nice bath shower after practice uh, this afternoon. So congratulations to coach again, well-deserved uh, from us here at St. Cloud. I mean, uh, I, you know, Scott makes it
0: sound like I thought they were going to be a horrible team, um, but, you know, they would almost have to completely collapse at this point um, to not finish in the top three in the conference.
2: You know, and, it's it, it certainly seems that way. But again, I caution you, they haven't seen some of the bigger teams yet. Right. Um, and as much as we give St. Cloud and North Dakota 22 points and 18 points in the conference, respectively, if you look 7 through 3, it's separated by 5 points. Oh, Western Michigan from 14, Omaha, Duluth tied at 9 for 6 and 7, respectively. So, they're not safe as... um. Chef Gordon Ramsey would say, if you're on Hell's Kitchen, that the fire is hot <laughs> in the NCAT, but you're certainly not safe. The black jackets haven't been handed out yet. Um, I mean, and
0: you know, one weekend can, can especially uh, three through seven, one weekend can change the entire outlook. And you just, you know, you know this as well as anybody. You want to finish in that top three and avoid that 4-5 matchup. Because that's as big a crapshoot in the postseason as you can get.
2: Ask Colorado College what does their seeding matter as the seventh seed and then making it all the way to the NCHC oh, I get championship it. game, I get right? It. Um, that four or five matchup, especially in that conference, as you mentioned, Paul, is, is always one of the, you know, even if your team is not playing in it, it's one you just have to watch because it, right. you just never know what's going to happen. But again, you know, and you hate to, you know, keep Talking Miami is, you know, the the squad that just continues to not be able to find traction. It's unfortunate, but seven through one, you know, in this conference, when it comes to playoff time, you just never know what can happen. You get to be playing your best hockey at the right time, and uh, for anybody in this conference, you know, you are never out of it until uh, towards the end of March here. So we'll see what happens.
0: You know, Miami went six and three in the in in non conference games. They did. So it's not like, uh, you know, it's just. This is, it's just a side effect of being in the best conference. It's just, that's just what it is.
2: Okay. And, and you know, Paul, it's unfortunate, right? Um, and Scott, I think you'll tested to this too, you know, I know there's a lot of chatter out there about Miami leaving the conference. I don't see that happening. There's too much. There's too many benefits for Miami to to stay in the NCHC plus to have to pay upwards of a million dollars to get out of the NCHC, then to be accepted to another conference. I get the competitive argument, but I just don't know if it's the grass is greener on the other side. No matter where they end up, it's just unfortunate that they just haven't been able to find their footing over the past few years. Um, not sure if. That means changes are on the horizon, but um, it stinks. We'll put it that way. I think Miami could. They're, they're, they have a good building. And they got players down there we've talked to, uh, Scott and myself, um, at the NCHC meeting that really care about the program, really care about college hockey. It's just uh, too bad that they've been in that same spot over, uh, for the last couple of years.
1: Yeah, good stuff. Um, so, Nick, when you look at the rest of uh, the NCHC, I've seen North Dakota a couple of times. Into Colorado College, um, and then um, you know they have had the national team come in and uh, do a little bit of work on them. But um, the team that's really surprising me, and it's a lot like St. Cloud State to me, Nick Western Michigan. I, I want to like them. I want to say, man, I love no, you guys. But but the problem with it is, is it seems like they're always a really good team during the regular season, and when it gets to tournament time, they just don't. Of what it takes to get over the top. Is this the year, Nick? Is this the year Western Michigan does
2: it? It's hard, right? Because you know, you look at the NCHC, you talk about St. Cloud, North Dakota, Western Michigan. Mind you, we're we're in a situation where Denver's fourth right now. And um did we we were mentioning Colorado College before they're ranked in the top twenty in the pairwise right now? When have we last said that back in the old WCHA <sighs> days, right? Holy cow. Um I don't know, Scott. Uh, Western Michigan, especially after some fallout with the, uh, Vermont and then picking up Alex bump, they've got the firepower, um, to be able to do some damage that the big thing that I see from Western Michigan is their consistency in that aspect. And also sometimes a little bit leaky on defense. Um, Pat Fershweiler, um, is a great coach. He's gotten them to an NCAA tournament bid. They've won a game. I just think that the team just needs more of that. They need more of those games as, you know, these players, they're good, they're skillful, but I just don't know if they have that experience yet. I'm not sold on them just yet, just because when I look around the rest of the NCAA, I can think of other teams that I would trust to have a better output than Western Michigan right now. Now, granted, I am I'm hoping wrong, but I can't get behind them just yet to do damage. They're a great team, but I still think they're a year away.
0: See, I, I, I think they're – I mean, obviously, you, you, I have no idea about recruiting because you just can't know, but – I think for a team that's got as many seniors and grad students on it, they shouldn't be this inconsistent. They, they, I mean, they shouldn't give you the feel of being this inconsistent. Even if it, even if their record says that they're not, it just feels that way. And you know, when it comes to the games in the conference, they lost at Omaha in overtime. They lost two to St. Cloud. Right, and they they lost in overtime to Denver. That's not exactly uh, giving it away. It just doesn't feel right. And, and, I mean, uh, and I don't have Scott's love for the folks there <laughs> in West, you know, in in Jeez. Western Michigan. i I I I'm just kind of an observer when it comes to them.
1: Nick, let me ask you then about Denver and Colorado College, the, uh, the Colorado schools, if you own the NCHC. I, I was convinced to the start of this year that Colorado College was really going to make some strides. I think they have. I think they're continuing to do it. And I think Denver, um, and I've had this conversation with David Carl a couple of times this year already, but uh, they're so talented and they're so skilled, especially in the offensive zone, that I get worried sometimes. And I've asked him this point blank. Um, do you worry about getting too caught up in your own offensive end and maybe forgetting about defense? And his answer has been the same both times. Not if we do it right. Well, the problem with it is when you've got 10 freshmen, sometimes you don't do it right. <laughs> and if that happens, it can hurt you. Then you add that up to the fact that they lost Matt Davis uh, week one, and he's now finally back. So your thoughts on Denver and Colorado College, uh, Nick?
2: Well, first of all, you took the words out of my mouth with Denver, um, with the 10 freshmen, right? That's when you talk about playing a 200-foot game, right? Uh, the offensive skill, you I mean, that's where the development is and you know, throughout the country in terms of developing good, skillful hockey players is you know, with the sticks, the shooting, and the offensive zone, right? That's where you can stand out, but it's that 200-foot game. It's the defensive side of things is where – you can take your game and elevate a team. And I think Denver reminds me a lot of where North Dakota was last year. Um, some younger kids, a lot of firepower up front, but just haven't learned, you know, the full facets of the game, especially on the defensive. And mind you, it's a lot harder work to defend than it is to play on the offensive zone, right? So um, at the end of it, um, you can't count them out, but um, just because of their skill level, but... It is, it is something to watch. I don't think they're as dangerous as maybe we've seen them in the past. And for the Tigers, going up and shocking Mariucci Arena um, wasn't really a shock to me, I'll tell you that much. Uh, Scott, if you remember back last NCHC Frozen faceoff and Chris Mayotte was talking about after he won the semifinal game and how they felt like... There were games in the second half of the season and maybe even towards the end of the first half where they thought that they played well enough to win but just found ways to lose. You're starting to see that growth of the Tigers again the recruits for Chris Mayotte. Again, one hell of a coach in his own right. Um, that team is starting to morph into the team that he envisioned. We took over the program three weeks ago. Um, they're on their way. They're a scary team. I think they're underrated. I love their mobile def, uh, defense that is still young, but man, they have op- um, offensive upside like you have nobody's business. Um, this is a great skating hockey team. I think they can surprise some people. Um, do they get into the top four? I don't think so, but I do think that they have taken making strides already. The big question is, can they carry this over into the second half and, again, have a good, strong showing in the NCHC playoffs coming up here in March?
1: Okay. Now, Paul's going to jump in, but, Nick, before we go any farther, when we talk about Colorado College, should we call them the Colorado College tie? No, we don't. No, we don't. No, we don't. And and secondly is uh, we had Peter Menino on a couple of weeks ago, and uh, I asked Peter to describe – their uh, their style, uh, how Colorado College wanted to play the game. And he said, you know, we we want to be a chameleon, for lack of a better words. I'm paraphrasing here. But he said, we want to be able to, quote, unquote, change our stripes and play the way that we need to play against whoever we play against. We don't want a team to look at us and say, hey, they're just a fast team or they're just a physical team. We want to come in and be able to adjust. And I think they did it at North Dakota. And clearly they did it. Uh, in minnesota uh, the other night but um it, that that's unique to me because I, I hear a lot of coaches want that but i never hear them clearly come out and say hey you know what we'll play any style anywhere anytime and we can do it all and that's how they build this roster do you see that as well nick
2: i do because i mean if you look around the nchc right to the the same You know, types of teams we've been talking about, St. Cloud State, a heavy fork checking squad, defends really well. North Dakota, high flying offensive first. Western Michigan can kind of bruise you a bit, but also can score. Um, Omaha, more of that gritty style, can play sort of a defensive trap game if they need to. Uh, Duluth, I think nobody knows what's going on Duluth right now. They're just, yeah, it's been a season up there for Scott Sandlin. So you get variety in the NCH scene, I think, with Chris Mayotte and with the Tigers. I think they feel like, hey, we have the talent that if we can show them on film, this is the structure that they play. This is how we're going to beat it. Um, We got guys that are agile. We got guys that are versatile. But more so, we got guys that think the game with the IQ steps ahead. Right? They can dissect the game at a fast pace. And at the end of the day, right? there's only how many ways to skin a cat, but in a hockey game. It's the same way, right? If you're going to wind up on the cutting edge, and I think for CC, they know that maybe talent for talent, there's still maybe a couple of steps behind some of the top four we discussed. But if you can at least frustrate or slow down the strength of your opponent and been able to maybe find a weakness and exploit it, that's a good way to put yourself in the mix. And again, CC, just a couple of points out of a home ice position. So um, it's a tough ask to go night in and night out uh, maybe to play a different structure, different style. But if you can execute it, more power to you.
0: And, and, Nick, this is why I think this is a dangerous postseason team. Number one, there might be goalies in this league that are as good as Caden and Barico, but there's no goalie that's better than he is. That's one. Two, they went in and played those games – Uh. And, and and winning up in North Dakota and winning at the house that USC owns and winning these playoff <laughs> games. you got to explain that now. Stop it. you got to explain it to Nick before what? you get
1: off on this tangent. <laughs>
0: okay. Well, Nick, you know my affinity and love for that, you know, other maroon and gold team, right? You know, we've had that discussion. When <laughs> that carries
2: a cute little pitchforker on you. No, no, not
0: that. That's the one we like.
2: Oh, that's the one you like? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah.
0: You know, the the ninth team coming into the NCAA. <laughs> How many stars? Nine stars. Okay. Um, but back many, many, many moons ago where the guy whose name is on the building actually played at that at that school, they were swept in the weekend series with, against USC. So that's the house that Southern Cal owns. As far as I'm <laughs> concerned. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> so winning games there. Um, that just builds the confidence of this team, and winning games like that on the road, you get a hot Caden and and who knows we call how Call him far. Caden the Sponge. No, Emberico, you by do. Way. Nobody normal does, but okay. Um, you get a hot goalie in Caden and who is that good, and not only can he win you that conference tournament. But if he gets
2: hot, he can win you those last four games too. Without a doubt. Um, I think CC is, like you said, you know, they're the chameleon. Uh, The question is, is, you know, they're not, playoff tested, right? I mean, I think they got a good taste last year, but right. you know, they lost, you know, some key pieces. Uh, you know, Hunter McCallan with his absolute cannon of a shot. Funny he went to Columbus with that. Um, and then you lose a <laughs> nice guy <one>. like <laughs> I know, right? I tried. Um, but you lose fifth year senior um, Brian Yoon on the defensive back, you know, just the heart and soul of that team. Right. So, you know, there's there's a lot of young blood with CC, but it's a different talent Group That they're bringing in under Chris Mayotte. Again, the, when you talk about recruiting, right, there's, you know, there is a there's a momentum with Colorado College right now. Um, again, yeah, I look at their back end, uh, bringing in three of the top 15 scorers on, on defense from the USHL this year. They're just a different mold in the back end. They can skate the puck out. They get good first passes. They're bringing some offensive flair. Um, they are not shy about jumping up into the rush. So they can beat you in different ways, but you, again, you know, you go back to playoff experience and that I think is huge. Um, We'll see if a CC can build off momentum from last year. Um, I'd love to see him get an NCAA bid at, you know, within the next couple of years, I think they are trending in that direction. Um, But like you said, it's, they're a dangerous team. And for a one-off for a team that maybe is always in the tournament, maybe overlooks them possible. Um, But they're certainly on the up and up and it's, it's a really fun story to watch uh, right Mm -hmm. in front of us because that turnaround in that program has been nothing short of miraculous. It's been really, really cool.
0: And if they stay out of the box, it, 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 you know, uh,
2: just <laughs> stay I, out I know of the box sounds,
0: and shoot the puck and it get in front like, of the net. <laughs> it sounds like a cliche, Nick, but you know as well as I do, and 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 you know, it, not, cliches are cliches for a reason. They're still based in truth, and you know, especially as the season goes on, you can't give teams like Denver and North Dakota and if you play them in the NCAA tournament a BU or a BC you can't give them all that time with the extra guy they'll kill you
2: what's what's that yeah. you're gonna burn your hands every time you juggle the fire <coughs> yeah no seriously <laughs> uh, I mean seriously but I mean you know as and Brett Larson will touch to this you know and even junior hockey coaches that I help cover you know When you get down to the brass tacks in the playoffs, it's the special teams battle that often they look at as how you win or lose a hockey game or sometimes comes down to how you win or lose uh, your season. Right. So um, they are important. Again, you don't want to keep shooting yourselves in the foot. Um, Sometimes calls are inevitable if you're chasing the game. uh, But at the end of the day, too, that's where your penalty kill has to come up big. And, you know, at the end of it. it's part of the game, right? But yeah, you definitely don't want to put yourself behind the eight ball too many times against those squads who uh shall we say are are pretty good on special teams.
1: Okay. So Nick, I, I gotta ask you this. Um I've been having the debate with the computer on the pairwise all year long. Two things. Number one that's is uh I understand no. the pairwise, I understand how they do it, and my thought is if if that's how it's all agreed upon, then maybe just don't put the pairwise out there. Uh, until the 1st of February or 1st of March and then let, let let the computers do its thing. Okay, that's my first thought. My second thought is if you're trying to grow the game of college hockey and you're a novice, let's say you're just getting into this and you look at the standings and you see uh, an 18-win team in Wisconsin and a 16 one team in Arizona State and you're just learning the game, you're going to think, why are those two not like 1-2? because they got the most wins and uh, usually the fewest losses or whatever. Um, but to have the discrepancy, I think it's hurting the layperson as trying to catch on with college hockey. So I want to get your opinion before we jump into the rest of the Minnesota teams that you see a lot more than we do.
2: So on the pairwise, wise um, well, let's see here. Let's use a Minnesota analogy. If the St. Cloud State Huskies were a perfect 30-0, but they only played CCHA teams, Let's have the same discussion. Come on. If they were 30 and no and played everybody in the NCHC, I mean, honestly, right? I mean, are we having the same discussion? Yeah. No, the, no. You know, at the end of the day, um, it's hard, but this is not to me just to college hockey. Ask Florida State football fans how they feel about the college football playoff picks. I'll, get, um, I'll give you four words for that, Nick E S P N. Yep, pretty much. So, um, <laughs> yeah, honestly, there's, there's actually some truth to that. Um, of course there is. But, you know, back to the, to the issue at hand, though, you know, it's, it's more than that. You know, the parawise tries to simplify a complex, you know, set of scenarios each year in year at the end of the day. You know, you're trying to put the best team who's faced the best talent at the top of the heap. Records part of that. But is it really the big part of it? No. It isn't. It isn't the only factor, right? It's about who's the better team, who's beating up on each other, right? So record is the easy, it's the surface level. It's kind of like plus minus, right? It's like you think it tells you a big story, but really it's jack crap. Let's be honest with you, right? It doesn't tell you anything. So to me, if if that's the argument we're going to have, you know, and at the end of the day, if we're if if a certain college hockey fan or a certain college hockey team is already staring at the parawise, and we're at January 9th, Their their focus is in the wrong spot, right? I know it's it's not easy to explain. Let
1: me, yeah, let me let me clarify that just for a minute because I think maybe I didn't do the best. Uh, I'm talking about a team that has no um, if Arizona State or Fairbanks or Lindenwood or whoever it might be that's an independent. If they don't have a near perfect season, they're not getting in a tournament. Let's just be honest about it. Correct. You know, and, and we just had this conversation the night. Paul brought it up to Derek Schooley last night. He said, if Arizona state could finish with 28 wins and still doesn't get into the tournament, is it time to have a discussion about what do we do with our independence? Because a 20 win, a 28 win season is phenomenal. No matter who you play. And we just talked about the parody as well. Um, I, I just think when, you know, if that's the way it's going to run and clearly it is, then maybe you shouldn't put it out there because, um, and I'll give you a scenario. If Arizona State were to get swept this weekend by a pretty good Cornell team at Arizona State, their, their NCAA season is over. They, they can't get into the tournament. They're, mathematically, there's no way they can climb into a spot to get into the tournament.
2: So I think what we have is a is a multifaceted issue, right? I can't blame the pairwise because that is the system that we run, right? But I do think there is something to be said about what do we do with the independents? I do think that that is something we neglect, to be honest with you. Um, I don't know what the solution is. I've been on the fence that says 16 teams with 63 teams now in Division One hockey might be a little bit not enough. I have advocated for an expansion 20-24 teams. Does that solve the problem? Not necessarily. Um, or do you do something kind of a hybrid where the independents play some sort of conference, if you want to call it, tournament at the end of the year, and someone from there gets an little bid? I don't know, but to me, it's not an issue of the pairwise. To me, it's an issue of how do we how do we level the playing field with these independents where they don't really get a fair shot. They don't. You're hundred percent right. X, you know, ask Alabama Huntsville, ask, you know, big reason why Arizona state Scott joined the NCHC and not what many thought was going to be a conference on their own was they didn't want it. They didn't want to wait any longer, right? They see what independents go through. They see that the cards are stacked against them and they made a, I think a conscious ESPN decision, quote unquote, business decision to say, Hey, you know, as much as we we'd like to be the the flag bearer for this, we can't wait longer as independent. The longer we sit out here, the more chances we have of this program, you know, encountering rough seas. So, I don't know. Again, I said I don't know what the answer is, um, but the independents certainly do not have a fair say in the pairwise as it sits right now. And I, I, Nick, you're you're
0: around more of those people who. Uh, get more chatter Uh, you know i sit here and 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 i wonder what kind of discussions are had and you know over adult beverages and some post-game meals etc about this kind of stuff we know there's some ncaa things going on where you know about with moratoriums and those kinds of things and but um you know we've had a couple of people on and you know we've had we had Derek Schooley on and 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 Frank territory and they're like, no, we're good at 16. Um, you know, it's kind of hard to argue with them, even if you don't agree with them. Uh, because, you know, at at, at least until everybody's in a league, like you take a look at, you you take a look at the pairwise and and you're sitting there and you know you have rit sitting there at 18 um and you have fairbanks at, at 22 and aic at 25 now i'm not advocating they go down that far as t- as you know more than 24 max i mean i don't think that's that much of an increase uh, obviously some people don't agree with me but for fairbanks not to get in last year because Colgate, and there were a couple of upsets in conference tournaments. I, you know, and again, maybe I'm showing some bias. I don't know because we follow them closely, but I, I, I sit there and 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 I'm like, it's just, you know, is it good that Atlantic hockey can only get one team in the tournament every year?
1: Well, let me say this. I, I don't know. I, I, Is it? I think Nick brought up a great idea. Um, he said maybe the uh, independents you know, have some sort of tournament uh, in March. And um, the winner of that comes out. I, I, I toyed with that just playing around last year when I said the independent cup. And um, I, I think that would be really cool because you just talked about upsets and auto bids. Why can't the NCAA look into it and go like, okay, if you're an independent, You'll, you'll have your season, and you can have a little playoff, and one team from the independents will get a spot. Well, they could, but that would also take movement on the NCAA's part. Yeah, and we, know, well, we again, know that. That's true. But, <laughs> right? But I, I mean, Nick, I, Nick, thought, I, mean <laughs> I thought that was a great idea, Nick. I mean, that, you, you just have one, because last year, that team would have been Fairbanks.
2: It would have and, been. And, and to be specific, Scott, they were in 12th. And sat for two weeks. Yep. So as all these upsets happen, I mind you, I I think what's most, you know, concerning about last year's scenario is they put themselves in a position to be in the top 16. Right. And because of them being an independent and not playing more games, that dropped them out just by the nature of the results that happened. You know, and when I was mentioning, you know, it's not a fair fight. That's the lack of a, some sort of a conference tournament or whatever you want to call it, right? It, you know, they had taken a loss in, like, say, a semifinal with that. I think there still would some people be upset with that, but I think they would be a little bit easier to swallow to say, hey, you know, we had a great season, but then we came up short in this, you know, so-called independent tournament or independent cup, as you called it, Scott. But there has to be something that says, hey, these teams who don't have a home, they're sitting in an island. They're like the I hate to say it but you know this is probably terrible. I mean, but like they're the island of misfit College hockey teams. They're cast well, no, off exactly what came to my head. That's exactly what it is and they don't get a fair shot at the playoffs. They just don't. And it sinks because again we talk about growing the game, how about sustaining the game? Uh, mm-hmm. Paul, you had mentioned, you know, that the people who had um, you know talks one guy at the NCHC media day that I talked to about this was Scott Sandlin. Right. And some of the You know, off-season chatter amongst coaches, you know, minus the rule changes and, you know, the normal stuff was how do we help out these smaller schools? How do we sustain college hockey? Yeah, we want to grow it, but I still think there's a big issue, whether it's money or whether it's travel or a combination of that plus more, that even some of these smaller schools, you know, are having just a difficult time sticking around as it is and there's going yeah. to be more to pay, be pay attention to that. I think even a simple change like that to bring some life to these independents uh, would be a monumental benefit for both college hockey and those teams that would make them feel like they belong to something, right, and don't feel yeah. like they were fighting an uphill battle.
0: Well, yeah. I, 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 totally say it I say this way. I've said you can do that, or the people that, get to get, that run college hockey and I know this kind of exempts the Big Ten, but they should not be exempt from it either. Everybody takes a team. Let's go. Everybody takes a team, and you can figure out how to balance the books financially. But everybody takes a team. There are there are enough independ- There are six leagues or whatever. It just everybody takes a team.
1: Well, here's here's the thing, Paul, and I agree with you, but I think <clears throat> the easiest and more most um likely would be to just give one auto bid to the independents because then you're not affecting any conference the conferences can continue on the way they are all you're doing is saying one spot of these 16 or 20 which would make more sense mm. is going to go to uh, the group of independents and you know if they if there's a team that earns an auto bid or, i mean a uh, at large bid from the uh the independence, more power to them. But a team like Arizona State this year or Fairbanks last year should not be punished uh for for getting that close but then being pushed out at the end because of their they didn't do anything themselves. Like Nick said they sat around for two weeks yep. waiting to see where they were at. And uh I, I don't know. I just think that's it. But um I want to jump into the Minnesota stuff, Nick, especially yeah, the things that we too. cover now. So uh, um okay. let me let me just throw this out real quick. Um, I'm going to give you a team, Nick, that we cover in your neck of the woods, so to speak. And I want to get your thoughts on what you've seen from them this year. So let's start with Augustana, uh, another gold medal winning coach um, <laughs> in Rabs. And I can call him that, Nick. He told me I could call him Rabs. So, <laughs> Your thoughts on Augustana.
2: So the Vikings, right? And, and not the Vikings that don't perform on Sundays. Um No yeah, not those. Um, not those these guys actually look good when they're on the ice. Um, they're actually they're surprisingly good, honestly. um, they've given big team's fits over the course of this year. Um, again, with Rabs, as you call him, Garrett Raboyne. Um yes, I said that. I'm sorry, Paul. Um, but at cars. but at the but, but at the end of it, um you know, they've only got six ones on the year, you know, but at the end of the day, they're a very fun team to watch. They skate good. They've got decent scoring ability. Kind of like St. Thomas, you know, there's some inconsistencies here and there. Goal to need in defense is certainly is an area that they're going to have to improve. But for a first-year team, um, a lot of transfers, you know, making up that roster that have definitely taken some time to learn each other, to find some some chemistry. They're a team that, like St. Thomas and the CCHA in a couple of years when they officially join. Um, I think is going to be competitive right off the get go. I really do. Um, they got a great foundation, they got a great, great coaching staff, a really nice arena coming their way as well. So, um, uh, really fun team to watch. So, um, couldn't be more excited about a first year squad because um, they've got a very high floor that they're going to be building up upon. And so, kudos to them.
0: Well, seven OT games and two one goal losses that weren't overtime. I, that's,
1: that's being in every game. Yeah. Paul, hey, can I give him, can I give him another one, which I know you want to know about is, is St. Thomas and, uh, it, Nick can St. Thomas win the uh, CCHA and not be able to go.
2: Uh, yeah. Yes, I can. <laughs> and, uh, that is not out of the question. Uh, there's no, you know, secret that the CCHA is having uh, a year. We'll put it that way. It's definitely a down year for the CCHA. Um, but again, you talk about the NCHC, how about this for the CCHA minus Bemidji State, um, which has played 14 games in the conference, so with 25 points, St. Thomas is in second, 21. Um, I thought that they would contend for home ice, like maybe third or fourth. I did not think that they would be contending for first. Now. From what we understand is if they are in the CCHA, con- you know, championship game. Who basically, if they win it, well, who cares? A second place team is going to go anyway, right? They is tried. It, is, that, is
0: that the case?
2: Yes, it is. They actually tried to uh, petition the uh, NCAA to reduce the amount of years that they would need to compete from five to three. Right, that, that part motion, I know. That motion was unfortunately denied. I, I still don't get why dumb. five years. It's just I don't dumb. Know. dumb. I just I don't get it, but. We've talked about this, Scott, from the very get-go. Rico Blasi, um, again, familiar with the recruiting area, again, with his time at Miami. Um, knows how to take a squad, build it from the ground-ups, build a solid foundation. He's got really nice transfers, a nice recruiting class. You watch this team next year, um, they may run away with the CCHA. Um, but absolutely, this year, they're in contention for number one because Bemidji State, uh, they're up and down. Fridays is their good day. Saturdays is their bad day for whatever reason. That's just been their mantra this year. Um Michigan Tech maybe slides in there. I'm not as sold on Minnesota State. Again, they've gone through quite the transformation this offseason. Um, but nobody else really scares me. Honestly, it's I think really St. Thomas is a great shot to take the CCHA, and you know what a way to end your season, you know, raise a trophy and go. Well, we gotta go home. We can't go to the NCAA tournament. That's quite. Uh, that would be dumb. quite the storyline. Dumb, just dumb. Very dumb. <laughs>
1: Okay, let me ask you one more. Our, our good friend Rick Zombo down at Lindenwood here oh, no, again. Uh, notice how he avoids uh, uh, a
0: certain team
1: here, Nick. It's
2: okay, what team did I avoid? Those.
1: No, <laughs> no, but I, I because I want to get the teams that we cover. But oh, Nick, okay. uh, uh, with with Lindenwood, um, did they take a step backwards in your opinion, or is it still the process of learning and building?
2: It's really the process of learning and building, and mind you, Lindenwood, you know. The- They're not they don't have the benefit of being where Augustana and St. Thomas is where you have um, the state of hockey to kind of pluck and recruit from at uh, a very easy, efficient cost way. Right. So I think Lindenwood surprised a lot of people last year um, as a first year program. They were competitive, again, much similar to Augustana. I find it very difficult to try to write off a team as taking a step back when it's only the second year in existence, right, in terms of the Division One level. Um, no, this is part of the process. Again, they're going to be probably relying quite a bit of the transfer portal to try to build in some pieces to get some veteran leadership in there while they build their, their young guys and get their recruits in. Uh, so no, to me, I'm not so worried about Lindenwood. It's just part of the process, and and again, I think the geography um, is making it more of an uphill battle than, say, these other two teams that have come on to Division One where they have the um, a very nice backyard of, of hockey talent to pick from. That's really right outside their back door.
1: Okay, hold on, Paul. Uh, I'm going to ask um, him about my no, bulldogs. I'm just going to keep uh, my mouth shut because I'm going to ask him about my bulldogs. You, you said it earlier. You said you don't know what's going on up there. I don't know what's going on up there either. You lose a a, a, a player mid mid season um, to academics, Nick. I I thought. All that stuff was over with because when I went to college way back in 1980, um, there were plenty of ways to get help, but not like there is now. I mean, how, how shocking must that have been for Scott Sandlin to get that report that he was going to lose his number one center uh, to academics?
2: Honestly, if it was any other year, it would be more shocking. This year just might be the cherry on top at the end of the day um i know that sounds pretty bad but it it's been a it's been a rough year to say lightly for UMD uh again after losing Isaac Howard um just wasn't a shall we say a fit for the for the type of game they wanted to play um obviously doing some really good things over at Michigan State uh but this team cannot play 5 and 5 either they score six or they score one um goal tending, which UMD has been that's where they build their program. They just haven't had that goaltender that can steal you hockey games like Ryan Fanti, Hunter Shepherd in years past. Um they're gonna get one soon in in Adam Gage and I'll tell you that much. Um so yeah, but I will tell you this. Juniors. Yeah. Holy buckets. <laughs> um their recruit list coming in possibly for next year with you know the potential of like Zam plant and Jason Shugaby, uh, just to name a couple if they do indeed sign their NLIs. Um yeah, it's been a tough couple of years for the Bulldogs. Um, and it it stinks when, you know, at the end of the day that, you know, you go back to back national champions in 18, 19. Um, at some point you come back to earth for a little bit, but trust me when I say this, um, I don't see this lasting more than this year. I think this is sort of, you know, the, the, you know, the admission price to take home two national championships in a row and could have been a third one had it not been for, for COVID-19. Um, but he is starting to restock the cupboard and at the end of the day it'll be a down year. Um it'll be one that uh will be filled up with a lot of optimism as we head to next year because again, like I said, for those names I mentioned, a lot of good talent coming in and uh I expect fully Scott Sandlin to still be in charge of the helm.
1: Yeah, I do too. Okay. Paul's been waiting on this one. The other Maroon and Gold team or the University of Minnesota, uh playing in the Big Ten. Um I, Paul and I have talked about this, Nick, and um we think they're good teams. They're talented on paper, but, but are they complete teams? Are they great teams? Because their records don't show that they're great teams.
2: No, and neither does their play on the ice that they're not great. Um, I know that the Logan Cooley late departure, I know we covered this too on this podcast, was <sighs> the story that took the headlines by quite a bit. But at the end of the day, their losses on their defensive core you know, let's talk about Brock Faber. Now, mind you, I I watch Brock Faber almost every night at the NHL, and holy cow, <laughs> that kid's a stud, right? Yeah. Um, they lost three of their starting top six defensemen. They have, a, they have a young core in defense, they're goaltending. Justin Close has always been labeled as a guy that, you know, could make the saves. Is he, is he a guy that can steal you a game? Maybe not. So I think he was a little bit more protected last year with just the talent they had out in front of him. But yeah, no, they're not the same team. They they don't have the the killer type weaponry that they had last year. They just don't. Again, Logan Cooley, say what you want him, but he was a game changing forward that could put the game on his back and make things happen. He just was that type of player, right? Uh, the Gophers do have some great talent. Again, Jimmy Snuggerud, uh, just to name, you know, maybe the next guy that's there. Oliver Moore is you know starting to kind of find his stride a little bit, but they're not as deep. They're not as scary, and they don't. They're not as shut down defensively as they were in the past. So they're good, they're talented, but are they as balanced? Are they as deep as they were last year? No, they're not.
1: How about the Big Ten overall?
2: Well, who would have put their hands up and voted that Wisconsin was going to jump from last to first and won?
1: Oh, oh me, SOB. <laughs> me, 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 me. my lie in Me,
2: You lion, SOB.
1: <laughs> The best coaching staff, bar none, I, I don't care. in you, college hockey. There is, hockey. No, there is, no there, way there is not a better be coaching staff, all There's, three. I don't care. All There's three. no way you thought they'd be 18 and four. Oh, I thought they were going to win the national championship. That's my prediction. All right, I'm done. I'm <laughs> out.
2: A couple former St. Cloud people, just just to throw that out there. Anyway, um, we're talking to Nick Oliver and Mike Hastings, uh, who does have Hastings, has a locker stall in the St. Cloud men's room, by the way. Um, yeah, holy cow, right? Yeah. Um, Is it is it the Badgers is the Wisconsin Minnesota State Mavericks 2.0? I don't really know. But (laughs) we're gonna find um, out. We'll find out. But you know, this is sort of what a lot of people in the college hockey world, Scott, thought that Wisconsin could be with maybe a different look at coach, right? And this is the product that we're seeing. Um, yeah, they're good, right? 18 and 4 overall. They're 10 and 2 in conference play. Uh, they're a plus 21 in the goal differential. Uh 30 points in the Big Ten, five ahead of second place Michigan State, who's had a great year themselves, but they're a good team. They're a really good team. Uh, Well coached. Um, Again, they play both ends of the ice really well. Um, They get up and down really good. They break out well. They move the puck north, um, and they're getting scoring, right? Um, Most goals in the entire Big Ten. So uh, this is not your Cole Caulfield Big Ten um, where they had this, some sour power, but not maybe, maybe not necessarily depth. Uh, but when you guys got guys like Simon Tassie that came over from the, you know Minnesota State to kind of carry on the Hastings coaching uh, train, per se, this team knows what he expects. They know uh, his structure. Um, this was an, a fluid transition for the Badgers, and it's showing up on paper. Um, yep. They're going to be an NCAA team, and they could be the team from the Big Ten, maybe Michigan State, that maybe finds its way into a Frozen Four here in St. Paul, we'll have
1: to see. Okay, we go on and on and on for hours. Yes, we're out we of time. Um, but great stuff, Nick. Thanks so much for joining us and, and filling us in. And, um, you know, I just came back from St. Saint, uh, Saint Paul, see- uh, Seattle, Seattle uh, where I saw some really good winter classic stuff. So the pro side of things is heating up as well.
0: Yeah, well, listen, I'm. you know, uh, we do not have to talk about <laughs> tonight, though all right <laughs> Vancouver's, uh, Vancouver's
2: for real uh, okay Canuck, Canucks are real but um again get the Canadian team in the playoffs and then we'll see never gonna happen
1: oh uh, good stuff Nick I appreciate your time we'll talk soon okay
2: take care guys thanks for having me on
1: Absolutely. That's Nick Maxson Um, does everything in in St. Cloud and Minnesota and uh, a hockey mind professional or college. Paul and I'll be back in just two minutes to wrap up another episode of the College Hockey West Weekly podcast.
0: It's time to drop
2: the puck on the nation's best college hockey conference. We bring you closer to the action all season long with access to exclusive on-demand content and more than 140 live games. Catch every big goal and clutch save when you can't be there. We have you covered here. Stream on your phone, computer, or straight to your TV and don't miss a moment from your favorite
0: team subscribe now to watch the best in college hockey at nchc.tv if it's NCHC hockey it's on nchc.tv at behind the mask we know that players are always messing with their equipment and constantly need to borrow things like tape or need a new mouthpiece during the season point is that just because you are fully outfitted to start the season doesn't mean you're good for the year Make sure that you are always supplied with all of the hockey accessories you need by visiting our stores or BehindTheMask.com. Whether it's an extra mouth guard, wheels and bearings for your inline skates, or extra rolls of tape for your stick, at Behind The Mask, we have all the little things that can make your time at the rink go smoother. Go to any of our three Valley locations or online at BehindTheMask.com.
2: Passion, talent, development. NCAA hockey offers all that, and its players graduate at a 93% rate. Trevor Zegris. And they score on the lacrosse move. Jake Gensel. Gensel Gensel. banks it towards the goalie score. Gail McCarr before the NHL stage. Whether you're a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. Oh my goodness gracious man! Visit collegehockeyinc.com and follow
1: at college hockey.
0: After a hard day at work or a long week, what's better than good comfort food to put you at ease? At the Spaghetti Shack, we say the answer is comfort food that's made by somebody else. The spaghetti Shack has taken spaghetti and meatballs, the classic Italian comfort food, to a portable level. ASU alumni-owned and operated, the Spaghetti Shack has three locations: at 6340 South Aurora Road in Tempe, the ASU location at 922 East Apache Road, and 952 West White Mountain Road in Pine Top. For lunch, dinner, or catering as well, call us at 480-687-2485. Or order online at the spaghetti shack.com.
2: Coming to you from the NCHC.TV studios, ITHSW podcast presents College Hockey West Weekly.
1: Indeed, it is College Hockey West Weekly. Scott Strandy with you tonight from Carlsbad, California. My coach host is always from the big, beautiful palatial estate on Long Island, New York, where he's probably got the servants out there doing a little pushing of water keeping it away from the building anyway, <laughs> Paul, Paul Hornski, uh, your thoughts on the conversation with Nick Max and who knows Minnesota hockey, but as good as anybody,
0: I just, we need more time. Uh, it's just what it comes down to. It's not enough time. So much stuff.
1: Oh, just uh, immense just stuff.
0: Not enough time. Yeah. So.
1: Well, good stuff from Nick. Like I said, uh, we kind of recapped everything. I know we missed a couple of teams at our Alaska schools and, uh, and of course air force we didn't really get into them much tonight but like i said it's just so much to talk about but yeah. i think the big thing was saint cloud state um they're, they're the big dog right now in the nchc mm-hmm. and as nick said news pointed out paul um they, they've got a tough road ahead and we'll see in about uh i don't know four weeks how, how things shake out
0: yeah if, uh, without question you know in the next You know, in the the month of January, they've got Denver at uh, two at Denver, North Dakota, and Omaha, and the first weekend in February, uh, heading to CC. So, uh, it's about to get real.
1: <laughs> yeah, the NCHC is always real. That's why we love this conference. It's the yeah. best in college hockey. And I think you know the thing I like about Nick is he's he's pretty unbiased. I mean he he's a AS or a St. Cloud State alum. You're an ASU alum, but both you guys can put those aside and just talk rationally. And his thoughts about um, the Big Ten and what's happening there, he's hundred percent spot on. I mean, this is Wisconsin's league to lose, and I don't think they will.
0: They're not doing that. There's no way. They're, they're not going to fall apart like that. Their their coaching is too good. Now, Michigan yeah, State man. might catch them, but not because of anything Wisconsin does.
1: Yeah, man, they're not catching them. Sorry. Uh, anyway. <laughs> two, many games, two games in hand. Yeah, and well, you know, I said Wisconsin's going to win the national championship, so don't be surprised. <sighs> said that early in the year. Um, when Mike Gacy said, good job, but they're going to be really you good. You
0: ready? Anyway.
1: <laughs> Take it away.
0: Behind the Masks College Hockey West Weekly from the NCHC.tv Studios is brought to you by Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas. The best in barbecue Las Vegas style. Go to JesseRay'sBarbecue.com to order a lunch, cater, an event or pick up a few bottles of our award-winning sauces. Behind the Mask, whether you use blades or wheels, whatever your hockey needs are, see our three valley locations or BehindTheMask.com. The NCHC and NCHC.tv. Subscribe to NCHC.tv and catch all of the action from the toughest conference in college hockey. Tag Creative Group. Search T Grand Rudd on redbubble.com and have us create that unique design for you or your business or your gift-giving needs. Spaghetti Shack, classic Italian comfort food quickly with three locations, two in Tempe, one in Pine Top at spaghettishack.com. Caesars Entertainment Resorts Casinos Worldwide. It's where the action is in the resort or in town. FedEx, the official package delivery company of Ice Tamaki West. Liberty University, hockey education and faith with equal passion at Liberty.edu. College Hockey Inc., your NCAA hockey resource. College Hockey West Weekly, presented by Behind the Mask and all of the Iced Hockey West.com podcasts, are live every week on the Podbean app. Help others find the show by subscribing, rating, and reviewing them at ITHSW Podcasts, all one word. That's ITHSW Podcasts, all one word on your favorite podcast platform. Behind the Mask College Hockey West Weekly and all of our weekly podcasts are part of the Iced Time West.com network.
1: Very well done, my friend. A big thank you to Nick Maxon for joining us. St. Cloud State Women's Hockey Play-by-Play. Two big podcasts up there. You can search them at, uh, I think it's Nick Maxson Play-by-Play. You can find them on X. Just search Nick Maxson. You'll get him. Um, great stuff. Paul and I will be back on Sunday night to wrap up another week end of really good hockey games. Um, yeah, I got a lot of pom-poms to put away. I, got, I brought a lot out tonight, we Paul. We
0: know. We know. Every night. Uh, Stay
1: stay dry. Every night. And keep the power on, if you will, okay? Here's open. All right. Have a good night, everybody. Good night.